to the E3 podcast where we encourage, educate, and empower female entrepreneurs. I'm Melissa Johnson, and I have a mission to help female business owners um, transform their lives and their business. On this show, I'll be interviewing female entrepreneurs that are moms, that are business owners, and we're taking a deep dive into the struggles that they're having in their business and coming up with some great solutions on how they can transform their business and their life. So thank you so much for joining the show today. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and we're going to jump right in. podcast. We're going to be talking about encouraging female entrepreneurs, educating and empowering them to take the next step and create that ripple effect so that we all as ladies and entrepreneurs are helping each other out. So today I've got Star. So want to say hi. Hi. <laughs> so Star's awesome. Uh, I met her at a women's event. Um, when like Last year, was it? Yeah, early last year, like March, maybe. It's been a minute, right? (laughs) And I remember, I love the story of kind of how we met, right? Because you didn't talk to me at the meeting, but you wanted to. And I was completely oblivious. And then I got a message from you (laughs) on your pockets and you were like, I was scared to talk to you. And I felt so bad because I Felt like I was approachable, but uh, maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> so and you were fighting off a dozen of other people that was trying to get your attention as well. So I was just like, okay. <laughs> we were busy. Yeah, it was a busy night, but it was great. Like, I was so glad that you reached out and that we connected and we really hit it off, I think, like right away. Yeah. So we started talking and so I've actually been talking to you for quite a while about your business because you're just getting started. Mm -hmm. So just, um, you want to talk a little bit about your, your background and kind of your journey, uh, so far in real estate? Yeah. So, um, like you said, I'm just getting started. I was in the military. I got out late 2018, um, September. And then I got a little part-time, well, actually it was a full-time job working at an apartment complex. I thought fresh out of the military that that would be a good way for me to get some real estate (laughs) knowledge because ultimately that's what I want to do is invest in apartment homes anyway. So I just thought I could get like some firsthand knowledge. Didn't really work out that way, but that was when I met you. Um, was while I was still working there and wanting to transition into doing this full time. And I remember we were talking and you were like, "Um, so what are you doing right now? And I was like, nothing, (laughs) I'm working. (laughs) And you were like, I was like, but I, I put my notice in and I quit, you know, May of last year. I don't remember the date. And you were like, but you don't have to wait until you quit to start get started right now like you can still do some stuff right now and I was just like I didn't think of that like that that did not cross my mind really so um yeah so I did exactly what you said which was you know go driving for dollars do my handwritten letters and all that good stuff and get those sent out and um report back to you like a good trooper and I did and so I continued that you know 
actually pretty much depleting that specific zip code in that area. Um, I did get a couple appointments from those letters that I sent. I didn't get any deals, but I did get some appointments. And as a matter of fact, uh, one of the people that I spoke with last year has reached out again this year. Her situation is a little weird. Um, her husband had back surgery. It's a whole long story, but she's like, I haven't forgot about you. We're still wanting to move. We're still wanting to sell the house. His surgery is done. So she's in follow-up. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, so from there, I actually um, did a flip because that was what I was wanting to do. I, I got out of the military thinking, you know, I wanted to do fix and flips and rentals and work my way up into, you know, the large multifamily area. And that's also when you came in and you were like, okay, pick one. Don't do both. Not right now. Like it's too much. Huh? Yeah. It's too much for a newbie to do at one time. So just choose one and then dedicate it to that. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'll start with fix and flips um, and then transition into rentals. So I looked high and low, took me a while. I was patient. I found one, got it done probably a six week rehab or whatever and got it sold. Thank God before all this coronavirus stuff happened, it sold in December. Um, did okay, especially for our first flip. I, I profited. So that's always a good thing. And then um, I actually like just had kind of like a light bulb moment. And I just felt like maybe I should transition into wholesaling because my goals, like I, I have to keep revisiting my goals. And so it's like, for me and what I want to do, I have to think about what can get me there the quickest because my ultimate goal is, you know, having a nonprofit and that's what I want to dedicate my time to. So I can't just dilly dally battle around in real estate for 10, 20 years aimlessly, you know, making money and not getting towards my goal. So I decided to transition to wholesaling thinking that Yes, it's a hustle and it's a grind, but it'll be the quickest way that I can accumulate larger amounts of cash to then start investing for that passive income and stuff like that. And let me tell you, it is not as easy as it seems. (laughs) It's a lot of work. And I think people don't understand that about this business. I think they, a lot of people have this misconception, right? That it's like a get rich quick kind of thing. You know, the late night guru thing, you know, make a bunch of money and it's going to be so easy. And it's, it is a business. It's, it's work, you know, I mean, it's worth it, but I mean, you would agree, right? It's it's a lot more work than people talk about. I think a lot more work. And I honestly was kind of blindsided by that because I'm the type of person where it's like, okay, you tell me to go do one, two, three, I'm going to go do one, two, three. But in doing those one, two, threes, I was like, okay, I'm not going to get to two as quickly as I thought I was going to get to two in order to even get to three. Like it just, it just really hit me that you see. So I think the problem with me was you do see a lot of people who get contracts and deals really quickly. Um, And sometimes it's really just like luck, like you struck gold, you sent out 200 letters and you got a $10,000 deal. That is rare. It does not happen all the time, you know? And so seeing people actually have stories like that, it made me think, okay, well, if they can do it, I can do it too, you know? And even in the same type of speed, but in reality, that has not been my story. That has not been the case for me. And so, yeah, that's what we'll dig into today. My my issues. (laughs) I mean, I think a lot of those too, those are like one-off things too, right? Because in, 
you don't always know the full story either too, because they could have been marketing forever. You know, it could have been something they sent out a while back and then they just got a deal. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's like, Oh, we got all these deals, you know, but not understanding all the work that was put in on the back end of some of this stuff too. Exactly. People don't really talk too much about that because they want to show like this quick, you know, like, yeah, fast, you know, it told me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember when I was starting out too, like it took a while to get that first deal, mm-hmm. you know, and once you get it and you do it, you're hooked, you know, mm-hmm. after you get that check, but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a process and it's, it is work. It's not just a quick and easy thing. And that's one thing that I really admire about you and why I love talking with you because, um, you know, and I talked to a lot of people, but what I realized about you very quickly was that you're an action taker and you have to be in this business. You can't just sit back and can't do things and then just sit back and wait for stuff to happen. Right. You know, you actually, you know, we talked through your goals, you, we came up with a plan and then you executed that. Mm-hmm. And so good job to you for, <laughs> for that because so many people don't take action. You know, they just want to sit there and keep educating themselves or, you know, fiddling around and not doing a lot, but you yeah, know, you have taken action. So I applaud you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I actually, I, I raised my hand because I fell victim to like the education thing too. Just even since doing the flip, I have wholesaled one deal this year, but I've, I was so hooked on like, I need to know all these strategies. I need to like be able to offer people all these different things. And so I kept like taking time away from the actual business aspect, like, you know, talking to people, getting leads, you, even just being able to set appointments and focused on educating myself. And then I heard um, Alex signs when he came here for ground zero and he was just like, you know, in all reality, I'm going to butcher what he said, but basically he was saying, you know, people will spend all this time learning so much and only apply like 30% of it. And I was like, (laughs) it's like, that's what I did. Like, even my last two years in the military, you know, I was on bigger pockets faithfully and I was learning about everything. And because I, I was doing it alone, I didn't have like a mentor or someone to say, why are you learning about all these other things when it doesn't pertain to what you want to do? You know, right. I really wasted essential time when I could have just focused on learning how to master fix and flips or learning how to master wholesaling in those essential years, you know, I got out and felt like, well, I have a lot that I need to catch up for. So I got to learn, learn, learn. And, and it's not true. It's really, it's not true. It's really more action based than mm-hmm. anything. Well, and I, you know, that's how you learn a lot of times too. Like, it's great to have that education and I'm definitely not saying don't educate yourself. Don't just jump into something and not know anything about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, there, there's that time where it's like, okay, now I've spent all this time educating. Now it's time to do something. Exactly you know, just, just take some action, even if it's imperfect action, whatever it is. I mean, you're going to screw up inevitably, like we all do, especially in the beginning, but that's how we learn and that's how we grow. And, you know, you can look at those opportunities always as a learning opportunity. You know, what, when something goes wrong, you know, what did I get out of this? What did I learn from this? What will I do or not do the next time this happens? Or how can I avoid this? Right? Yeah. I think it's important to, to remember that. So, um, just one last thing about your background, because I think this is so cool. And I love like 
when we were talking about your goals and I love this nonprofit idea that you have. So can you share that with whatever? Yes. So my passion is, is really like helping people, which is why I like real estate because ultimately I'm like, I am helping people, but I want to do it at such a larger scale. So my, my dream, my goal, um, is to have a nonprofit that works, um, on both ends of the spectrum, both with, you know, those urban underprivileged kids that don't have all the resources available to them that they need. And on the flip side, convicted felons that are really trying to reintegrate back into society and, and need resources um, available to really actually give them a chance to do that. So, um, I mean, that's, it, it really strikes home for me because I've dealt with that, like, in a personal way, just throughout my childhood and my family and my, my just, yeah. So, um it's definitely a passion of mine. And, and so I've worked with kids for years in those school situations and just like different programs I've been involved in over the years just to see if my heart really lies there. And it does. Mm -hmm. So um, I've worked with nonprofit organizations back in Virginia and other places. And I've literally seen how they have to fire staff due to budget cuts and how sometimes certain departments will shut down due to budget cuts. And so for me, like my biggest motivating factor is being able to generate enough passive income where, you know, my husband and my family were taken care of, but also so that I can fund my nonprofit independently without having to worry about, you know, a government agency backing me with, of course, doing fundraisers and sponsors and stuff like that out in the city, like having, mm -hmm all of you amazing investors that I'm meeting and making connections with <laughs> in the future. Like it's all part of the master plan, you know? So the, the point is for me to be able to independently fund it. And that's why when I say like, I want to invest in apartment homes or stuff like that in my mind, as of right now, from the little bit of knowledge I have, that's where I just see being able to generate the amount of income that I will need at a large scale to, mm -hmm. to operate that business. So that's awesome. I love, I love that you have that like grand dream, bit, right? <laughs> yeah. I think, so, I think that's great. I think, and I think that's something that people should spend some time thinking about is, is their why, you know, cause we always talk about wanting freedom and right. I think that's an obvious thing, right? But the freedom to do what, like, what is your, what's your real passion? Like real estate's the vehicle to get you there, but exactly. like, where are you going? Exactly. And so I love that you have that, that vision to help people. And I just have no doubt that you're going to, you're going to be able to do that and help so many people. And I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Thank you. So let's talk about, let's talk about your business and let's talk about a specific area of your business right now where you feel like you're struggling. Can you tell me about that? Yes. So I think the biggest problem I'm having um, is really just having the data to generate leads. I feel like, you know, I'm speaking to the rookies right now um, and the people that are really just trying to get started because I am still, like I haven't mastered this wholesaling thing, not even close, but I know a lot of people say, oh, what list should I be calling or what list should I be marketing to? And everyone will say, there's no magic list. It's all about consistency and it's all about, you know, sticking to one strategy and like zeroing in on that. I, I get that. And I got that. Um, but at this point I've also like exhausted all my data. 
Um, and what I mean by that is like all the driving for dollars that I've done in different zip codes. So what I was doing is um, <clears throat> driving for dollars, then getting the code violation, the tax delinquent, um, the absentee owner list, and then just, you know, trying to stack those. But at the time when uh, a partner and I were doing this, we were using Google Sheets and like Excel, trying to figure out how to stack those lists. Mm -hmm. And it was a complete nightmare. So we decided, okay, well, we know driving for dollars, we know what those houses look like. So we're going to definitely like call all of them. We sent out thousands of letters, literally. Um, at that point, we decided to start typing them just to save on time and everything because we were like mass mailing them. But we knew that these houses were run down and, you know, they might have some motivation there. So we felt okay in targeting a driving for dollars list alone. Um, but now, you know, I'm solo, <clears throat> no more have a partner and I have a software batch lead stacker. So now I have a way to stack leads with ease. But when I still take those same lists, um, literally the same data that I have that I've already targeted and I try to stack them on there, I'm not getting like a, even a decent list to market to. And by decent, I mean, even if I could get like 20 or 30, you know, stacked leads per zip code, I think I would be okay with that, but I'm, I can't even get that. And so, um, what I'm finding is the leads that I get stacked the most are high equity and absentee owner. Mm -hmm. And so I targeted them and all of the response that I get back is pretty much they want to sell for a market if they want to sell you know, a lot of the smarties with a million dollar, yeah, make me a million dollar offer or that are, yeah, or, or people that are landlords that are happy being landlords, you know, there, there's really no motivating factor there because they're just high equity absentee owners. There's no added stressor in there. And so when I exhausted that list, I, I just started to feel kind of defeated because I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know like what else to do. And all of those lists were free. Um, so that's why now I'm at the point where it's like, I will pay for list. However, because I, I've have, I've spent so much money just on mailers, you know, I've even done postcards, um, spending money on cold calling and all that software and everything is, and no, no deals to have been done, no money to have been made. It's like, I'm, I'm bleeding out money and I'm not getting anything back. So I'm at the point where I'm kind of banging my head against the wall where it's like, I will pay for data, but I want to make sure the data that I'm paying for, I have a good chance. I know I can't say like, I'm for sure going to get a lead. I mean, a deal from this, you know, this list, but I want to make sure that I'm employing my money, like in the best direction possible to give me a higher chance of generating leads. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just keep wasting money. Okay. So, okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about this then. Um, so you feel like it's not working because basically like the lists are too small and there's just no motivation, right? Is that right. what I'm you say? Okay. So first of all, okay. With your mailings, you said you've mailed thousands. So is this one list that you're mailing to hitting them several times or is this like huge list one mailing? What does okay, that look like? question. So we did a huge drop first for one specific zip code and we got nothing. We 
had a bunch of take me off your list. Um, we got one follow-up in spring, which turned into a follow-up in summer. Um, but really we got nowhere with that. And so then I attended a training with Marco Romero and he was like, you know, he actually gave me, Oh, a light bulb. Don't cast a massive net, cast a small net multiple times. And so I was like, wow, that makes so much freaking sense. So we redid our budget. This is when I still had a partner. We, we redid our budget and we were like, okay, well, we've already sent all of these people their first letter technically. And so we were like, okay, you know, we'll budget ourselves of this much, um, a drop for X amount of drops. And I think we had it actually budgeted out to about nine or 10 drops. Cause that's what he suggested. And so, um, I've done like since that first drop, I had did three more drops. And so it was another typed letter. And then I sent a postcard. Now I can definitely say with the postcard, I actually got two appointments from those. Um, but unfortunately one was an absentee owner who was remodeling his entire house, even though he told me that it still needed a lot of work. And I walked in and I was like, yeah, I definitely can't offer you a wholesale offer on this house. Like, and he ended up listing it with a realtor and rightfully so. Um, and then another person who they were, would be negative equity. And so it wasn't going to work as a wholesale deal either. Um, but I actually got people calling me from the postcards. Um, and so I was, I got really excited about that. But then around that time, um, I learned about batch uh, lead stacker and their SMS and everything. So I've had a lot of people like personal real estate colleagues tell me like, you should try SMS, try SMS. We're getting so much success off of it. So that's what I did. Um, I stopped paying for the cold calling. I stopped, you know, wanting to pay for the direct mail and I've started focusing on SMS and I've, I've generated a couple of leads, but nothing that's turned into a deal. They're just in follow-up still. So, and it's off of the same list. Um, I just, I re-skip traced with batch to get like a different sort of variety of numbers that I could text. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I did get a few responses, a few follow-ups, like I said, but it's nothing has profited yet. Okay. So are we still talking about though you're in one zip code? So it, it's been multiple zip codes that I was balancing at once. Cause I was trying to trickle them. Um, so like I would start a drop a mailer for them and then, you know, keep trickling that way. I was constantly, I felt like that was the smartest way to constantly be rotating different leads so that I just wasn't like sending a mailer and then just waiting, you know, for phone calls and then sent, waiting six more weeks to send another mailer. So I've been like juggling multiple zip codes. Um, but it's just at this point now, those zip codes, I feel I've depleted them. And so now it's time for me to like, throw some more into the mix, but I just, I don't want to, if the question is, you know, like, well, why aren't you driving for dollars? I'm not driving for dollars right now, A, because um, coronavirus was going on ridiculous. So more people were at home and I have this weird thing about like creeping down the street and like everyone here in San Antonio, they sit in their front yard. And so I feel like they're going to be like, is this lady doing a drive-by or whatever with my tenant windows and stuff? So I just, I don't know. I feel kind of sketchy about doing it when I know a lot of people are home. Um, and so, and that along with, if I don't have anything to stack it with, I just felt like I was wasting my time, to be honest. I've been kind of depressed. So it's going to get you out of that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. No <laughs> depressed. No depressed. <laughs> 
Okay, so your first big drop was one zip code. It was a massive drop. And then after that, you narrowed down a few zip codes and mailed them a few times with some letters and some postcards. And then you hit them with the SMS also? Yes. And I was cold calling those same, the same people. Okay. So how many times would you say you were touching the other zip codes that you're working on? So I know for sure the, they were called twice. So I would say um, they've only been texted once because texting is, gets expensive. But um, between all the mailers, I would say at this point, I'm at five touches. And okay. I felt like when I, when I would reach out in a lot of the groups and stuff and ask like, how many times are y'all, you know, recycling your leads? Some people give me the vague answer of as long as, as many times as it takes. <laughs> so then some people are very strict and they're like three times that's it or even less than that. And I was like, well, I've already passed that. So I just feel like, okay, at this point, I don't yeah, know. That's not enough. You can't touch three times and expect something to happen. Yeah, exactly. You need to be at least six to seven. Yeah. At least. So something good that you're doing here is you're mixing up some different things. So this is something that, that I do too, you know, where we, um, you know, you have a process of you're, you're calling them, you're texting them, and then you're direct mailing them with letters and with postcards. Right. So, I mean, you could be getting close to something on those. I don't know that I would give up on those zip okay. codes yet. Um, one of the things though that I'm, I'm wondering and I'm thinking about is, so you said you're getting calls from postcards, but not your letters. Yeah. So how was that message different? So the postcard was way shorter. Um, our letters that we did, we made them like very personable, like as if like we were best friends or something. I even had a picture of my dog. Like I was just really trying to cater, you know, and try to make it like a connection <laughs> that did not work. <laughs> but uh, the postcards were actually very, they're very like just blunt and to the point to be quite honest. Um, and it was already, I don't remember what service I used, but it was already their message that they had. And, and I just chose the one that had like, kind of like the sloppy handwritten font to make, mm -hmm. make it look more, you know, like, like I try to go the approach of like, not such a CEO business corporation, but like, you know, just a friendly neighborhood investor sort of thing. Right. Um, and so, to be honest, I don't even remember what it said, but it was just, it was really short and it was basically just like, yeah, like I'll buy your house. Um, if you, you know, I don't, yeah, I can't even lie. I don't remember exactly what it said, but I, I got calls. I set two appointments off of it and it was crazy because the calls literally came a day apart. So it was like, they got my mailer and called right away. Like I had just sent the mailer out oh, the week before. Okay. So with the letter now, was it the same letter over and over again, or was it a different letter each time? So it, it was a different letter, but it just, it kind of got shorter, but it was still lengthier than the postcard. And our method methodology behind that was, we know we're going to target these people nine to 10 times. So we wanted to be, we, we had already pre-planned like our messages and it was going to end up being like, Hey, like towards the end, like, okay, I promise, you know, you won't hear from me anymore. I just wanted to check one last time. So we were working our way up to that. So it was more like a cascading domino effect of like, 
this message of here, here we are, this is a full detailed message of what we can do for you and how we're different and blah, 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 blah. And then a shorter message, shorter postcard. You definitely can't fit everything that we fit in the letters. So it was definitely shorter. And then the next postcard was going to be, Hey, it's me again, that sort of tone. Like, Mm -hmm. like, you know who I am. You've received these multiple times so that I, I got in their head a little bit, you know, made it harder to forget. Do you have a brand or what, was there some consistency with, with this, like a logo, a brand, something where they would know it was you every time other than your name? Just, yeah, just my name. Okay. So that's one thing um, that you might want to spend some time thinking about is branding. Okay. So, you know, if you think about like, if you go shopping or something like you have loyalty to brands, you're interested in certain brands, things like that, like, Mm -hmm if you could spend some time maybe creating a brand for your company and um, in inserting that brand into what you're doing. So, you know, like I love, so talking about your goal, for example, like, I don't know if you mentioned that in any of the letters, but like, I think that would be a really cool thing because the thing is people, they want people like stories, right? They want to be, they don't want to just open this letter and it's like, I want to buy your house for, and it's like boring, you know, and it's just like so factual. There's no, like nothing to keep them interested in reading it. Right. Um, especially like if your first letter is longer, you know, and they don't know you or, or whatever. So maybe reversing that, starting out with a shorter letter and okay. then going uh, longer, um, as that sequence goes on, because the first letter, you kind of look at it like, you know, nobody's probably going to call you off that first letter. So it's more of like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, you know, is there any way I can help you, you know, take this problem property off your hands. If it's a problem, you know, let's talk or whatever. And gradually like building that out into, you know, more of like telling your story and, and how you can help them. And showing like this transformation for them of like, you've got this house, you're not sure what to do with it or whatever. And moving on until like what it looks like for them when they do get rid of it. So kind of having some sort of narrative thing there for them to follow as that sequence moves on. Okay. And then sprinkling the postcards in with that. And those can be generic. But if you have a brand, going back to the brand thing, like if you have a, a brand that you're putting on your letters, even if it's just like, a logo or something like you don't have to go full on branded, you know, like do what you can. And it's, it's like easy to do, but if, if they, if there's some way that they can recognize that it's you every time and they're like, Oh, that's that girl star, you know, there's her cute puppy. There's her cute baby, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. Um, could be helpful. So maybe switching the the messaging a little bit, because I feel like that could be part of the problem too. Okay. Because if the postcard's getting action, but the letters aren't, and you've, you're touching them several times, and that's not to say that, like, they're not holding on to those letters, because a lot of times they will. So even if you think it's not really performing, you could get a call from that letter six months from now, and you're like, dang, when's the last time I mailed that? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like, that was like a year ago. So mm-hmm. don't discount, don't think that people aren't, you know, maybe holding on to those things. But maybe working on, you know, the branding and then changing up your messaging a little bit. 
Okay. Um, so one thing I can recommend is there's a book called um, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Okay. And um, that book is really great for um, teaching you like how to build a brand and how to walk people through that narrative. So if you read that, then you can sort of craft your message to sort of follow that, that story okay. brand idea. Okay. And basically it's just like, you know, when you read a story, so you have like, you meet the character, the main character, then the main character has a problem and then there's like conflicts, you know, and then something happens, somebody comes in to like help them solve the problem or whatever. And then you've got the resolution at the end. Right. It's like a weird diagram. I think I remember from English class, like <laughs> 500 years ago and the dinosaurs <laughs> on the earth. Whatever. That's <laughs> what it feels like. But, um, but yeah, he's, he does a really great job of like explaining like how that story develops over time. But if you can use that in your marketing, I think that could be, it, it could be effective. Okay. That could be something to try. Also, um, I was going to say, um, I'm taking notes too. And I just wrote building a story branding. <laughs> <That's smart. laughs> so fixing your messaging and then also, um, Let's see. I think, um, so you're just still, are you, like, why are you staying in one particular zip code or just a couple, are, are you, how many zip codes are you targeting? So I would say where I'm at, I had four or five that I was targeting at one time. Um, and that was just based off of me pulling the top, selling zip codes in San Antonio and mm -hmm. going, I never go with the top three um, because they're oversaturated anyway with investors. I think I, I went five, like from number five down. So I chose like out of the top 10, the bottom five to start with, and then kind of was working my way down that because I just, I personally felt like I don't want to compete with a hundred people, I'd rather just compete with like 20 or 50. Cause we both know there's no way you're not going to have any competition in our market right now. Anyway, it's not gonna happen. So I don't want to be in a large competition. I'd rather be in a smaller one, but still a performing one, you know? Right. That's why I was choosing specific zip codes. Okay. So another thing is maybe branching out of those a little bit more too. Hmm. You know, because if you're wholesaling, especially, you know, just because you don't want to buy something in a certain part of town, doesn't mean there's not investors that don't. Sure. For you know? sure. And, and that's something even that I've had to wrap my brain around too, because it's like, I don't want that piece of crap. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what though? There are people on our buyers list that will buy those pieces of crap all day long, you know? Yep. So I need to make that switch in my mind. So that could be something that could be happening for you also. It's just like, you've got this mind thing where, you know, well, I'm, I don't want to buy in this area, yeah. but if you're wholesaling, you're not buying it. So it doesn't matter right. because there are people that will buy in those areas. And so For don't sure. cut yourself off necessarily from, but what you could maybe do is just like test one. So maybe, um, maybe you pick another zip code and try some of these other things. Like we talked about, like get a brand on there, change that message a little bit. And then, um, Maybe, actually, I should say pick two zip codes 
okay. and do a couple of different messages and split test them, just those two, and see, um, see how those perform. Because that would give you a good idea of like, okay, well, is it my message maybe, or is it just who I'm targeting? Because that could be the other thing too. If you're targeting people that aren't motivated, you know, you're wasting your time. Yes. So that's another thing. Well, before I get to that real quick, I did want to ask too, like the letters, the mailings that you're sending, the letters, like what are you sending out? Like, is it just a white envelope? Is it handwritten? Like, what does that look like? So when we were doing the, um, the letters that we typed up and the handwritten letters, we had it broken down to, um, the colorful neon ones and then the white ones. And I believe we sent all of the, like the absentee owners, the colorful ones. Mm -hmm. um, and then everyone else just got the white one because we were sending so many. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I can't find the colorful ones in large enough bulk for a good enough price. They're, they're kind of expensive. So that's why we were like, okay, well the um, drive, and these were all driving for dollars the driving for dollars absentee owners that we verified when we skipped trace that they're absentee. Those were the ones we got. We sent the colorful uh, thing because we were like, your house looks like a piece of crap. So if you're absentee, your family member or your, your tenant isn't taking care of it. Mm -hmm. So we, we really wanted our letter to stick out to them um, versus just all the people that were driving for dollars and they live in that house, you know, we were just, we were handwriting all the envelopes though. Still, even with the type letter, we still hand wrote everything. No stickers or nothing. Okay, yeah, because that's another big one. Um, it's just like you want to get people to open. Exactly. You want to make sure it's enticing enough for them to want to open it. Exactly. And when you mailed those out, did you get return mail? Yes. And what yes. did you do with those? Um, so I have them because, and I haven't done anything with the, the last batch of return mail that I have because I switched to SMS. So, and, and the thing is, <laughs> thank you for the compliment on touching them in different ways, but in reality, like I was so sporadic with it. Like I was just like, okay, this isn't working. Okay, let me do this. Okay, this isn't working. But, and so I thought like, okay, I'm touching them in different ways. So, you know, I might get something from that, but then, I would listen to, you know, the other podcasts and just other trainings where they're like, consistency is your problem. You're not being consistent. And I was like, well, no, I sent this many letters and I stopped. I've done this many cold calls and I've stopped. So I was like, I want to be consistent with one thing. And so I chose the SMS because that's what I had recently paid for. And I was like, all right, well, I canceled Mojo and all that other stuff. If I'm going to pay for this, I want to zero in on SMS and like give it my all and see what happens. And just so that I can say, I consistently text these people. Okay. But you were being consistent though, because you were consistently touching them. You weren't consistent. You weren't touching them in the same manner consistently, mm -hmm. consistently, but you were touching them. So that is, that's still being consistent. Okay. So, you know, you're definitely like, not failing there. Okay. So something to think about too is, um, you know, you pick the ways you're going to reach out to them and then you have the consistency maybe comes from your sequence, you know? So like, do you have a fully built out sequence for this? Or are you just like randomly like, 
I'm going to send a text today and tomorrow <laughs> send them an RVM and next week we're going to send them a letter and kind of, a postcard. kind of, I mean, it's like my own organized chaos, but it's not like a full fledged system by any means where, you know, I know like I'm executing by the day or mm -hmm. like this day, I know I need to be doing this. Um, I, I can say that it was on my whiteboard to get to that point. But like I said earlier, like I, I just kind of got in a funk. And so like my, my progress in those areas have, like, I just, I haven't even looked back at doing something like that. So that could be something too, to figure out is, you know, building out a sequence, a process for how you're going to reach these people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got this certain zip code and there's, it's like a twofold thing. So you need to know like what your sequence is. Um, and then, you know, building out your messaging also, mm -hmm. along with that, you know, and, and doing like a couple of different ones so that you can test the different messages out. Cause it might not be necessarily like the zip code or something. I feel like part of it could be the message. And then part of it is probably the consistency of like having the, um, you know, if you're just like rando reaching out, you know, like it needs yeah. to be, okay, we, here's this list. Okay. Fresh new list. So first we're going to send them a text. If they don't respond with the text, then we're going to send them a letter, you know, like letter one of the sequence and then okay. letter two, and then we're going to hit them with a postcard. And then, that way, you know, since you're not doing the, the cold calling anymore, you know, you can take that out of the equation, but if you want to leave the SMS, maybe hit them first with the SMS because then it's one is cheaper probably than sending the mail piece. Yes. And if they say yes, then you don't have to mail them. If they say, no, I'm not interested take me off your list, then you're not wasting money mailing to the meter. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that could be one thing. So build out, you know, build out your sequence for how you're going to reach out to them and with the time frames too. You know, so fresh list day one, we're texting. A week later, we're sending them a first letter. Um, you know, four weeks after that, we're sending them a second letter. Four weeks after that, we're hitting with a postcard. So build that out like very specifically and try that because that is consistency with touching them, but it's also um, being consistent with your process too, so that you can right. figure out like where it's breaking if it's breaking, like, where is that happening? Is it because they're not responding to the mails? Is it because they're not responding to the text? You know, if you find you're not getting responses from the text and you're doing this for six months, you do a full, say you just run a full campaign on this one zip code and nobody responded to any of your text messages, you know, then you can probably safely say that the texting might not be working out so hot or double check, make sure that numbers that you have are good. True. Yeah. And look at your text message too. What are you sending to them? You know, what is that message? How does that read? So look at that also. So look at all the messages that you're sending out and just see if there's something that you can tweak, you know, do a split test with the text messaging even, you know, like we talked about, like taking two zip codes, build all this out, two different messages, like a different text message for that whole thing, different letters, you know, each one separate and then see which one performs better. 
mm-hmm. and then take the one that's performing better and then that, apply that to another zip code and see how that works. It's, it's like a really, marketing is so like trial and error. Yeah. And so I think as long as you're consistently like reaching out to people, even if they don't contact you right away, you're mm-hmm. still reaching out to people. It's still, you're still being effective. True. So I think that, um, that could, that could be helpful. And then also with your stacking. So with the, the list that you have currently right now, you said it's just high equity and absentee owners stacked together. That's the one stacked that I got the most back, but I stacked the code violation, high equity, absentee, tax delinquent um, with my driving for dollars. And then I took driving for dollars out of it because those um, those other lists alone, there's literally thousands of, you know, names on there. So I knew like I wasn't going to have all those people for driving for dollars anyway. So I tried to stack those and I still didn't really get much of a like a stacked list. But I think maybe my expectation of what I'm supposed to get on a stacked list may be wrong. But I just feel like if you're taking thousands of names on these like motivating lists that surely like maybe a couple hundred, like I, that was, that's my expectation. I don't know if that's wrong or not. Well, I think it depends. Like I think there's definitely something to, I think you can overstack a list honestly, because, you know, if you think about it, like a person in a tax delinquent situation, they, I feel like they could be marketed to in a different way. True. You know, and they are probably, they might not have like a lot of these other issues. So I think it's like how you're stacking them. So maybe um, something to try to would be stacking driving for dollars with high equity and absentee owner. Mm-hmm. Because only because um, the the thing is like with the absentee owner and the high equity that doesn't that's not necessarily an indicator of motivation. Exactly. But if you throw in a high motivating factor with that, like if they're facing foreclosure or um, they uh, are you know have a tax situation or something like that, like. I think by throwing another like really high motivator in. So I think the driving for dollars, because you actually put your eyes on those houses and you could see that they're crappy. Mm -hmm. So even though you don't know the whole story of like what might be going on with that, maybe if you stack that with the high equity and the absentee owner, it could give you a little bit of a better list with a a more of a motivator in there. And you can address that too in your mail piece and your messaging, you know, like I saw the house, it looks like it's in pretty bad shape. Because sometimes, too, remember, like, with the absentee owners, especially, like, in San Antonio, you know, we have a lot of military people here, and they become, you know, tenant or landlords, you know, kind of by accident. You know, they get orders, they got to go somewhere else, and so they just end up renting their house. So they don't always know the state of the property, you know, because they're gone. They're, like, in Virginia or Washington or whatever, and so they think the house is fine, you know, but you know better because you put your eyes on it. Exactly. You know, it's, it needs work and they might not always know that. And so maybe addressing that in your mail piece too, you know, could be, could be helpful. Okay. Um, but I think maybe looking at, at the list that you're stacking and just seeing, like, I know one lady she's doing, she does like five motivators 
all stacked together. And that works for her. Um, I think like three or four maybe is probably pretty adequate. And that will give you a little bit more of a list. Mm -hmm. It too that, you know, like, you know, if they have high equity that you're going to be able to make a better offer, you know, because, because of the equity situation, you know, absentee may or may not be a motivator, but some, if you can throw something else in on top of that, that's like super motivating, like they're getting a divorce, you know, or like they're on the co-compliance or their water's been shut off or something like that. Like those are really highly motivated. And so throwing like a couple of those in with something else that, you know, may or may not be, um, a motivator and also with the high equity like what what percentage of equity are you pulling 30 and up mm. try 50 and up really yeah okay yeah because 30 is not I mean 30 is good but 50 is better it is and that because that could be another reason why they're not that motivated either okay you know possibly okay yeah, I mean, it's a guessing game, ultimately. We don't know what's going on. No, but, you know, one one of the things that, that I like to do is is really going back to that messaging, is like crafting that message to whatever situation that they're in. Mm -hmm. You know, like, how can I help you get, like, I know you're, you have delinquent taxes, you know, so how can we work this out, you know, to where we can solve this problem for you? you know, with these taxes, because you're going to lose the house. Right. You know, so what are you going to do if you don't sell the house? That's like one of my favorite things. And I always put that in my last mail piece. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you run through all the benefits and everything. And then it's like, well, what are you going to do if you don't sell it? It's and one o'clock. Did you hear that? I did. I don't know if I turned that mm -hmm. off. <laughs> well, now we know it's one o'clock. <laughs> Gosh, because <laughs> if I turn my volume down, then you can't hear me. And so I'm like, I don't, I'm not an Apple user. So I don't know how to work this thing. It's a MacBook. So it's all good. So, um, I mean, hopefully some of that was, is helpful. Um, I just think, you know, just to recap, like working on some branding, you know, and you, I mean, you can get somebody on Fiverr to design a logo for you. That's what I did. Yeah. I think I spent like 20 bucks, you know, they came up oh, with logos. Yeah. It was like cheap. It doesn't have to be like some fabulous thing. You don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but just something where people will remember, recognize you, um, mm -hmm. changing up that messaging a little bit, you know, starting with a shorter message, moving to a longer message, and then making sure that you're putting things in the messaging that pertain to their situation, that tell a story, that talk about you, how you can help them. Um, I think that, could be helpful, um, you know, read it, read the story brand book. And then I had to go back real quick, make sure with that return mail that you're doing something with that, because this is where a lot of people fail too with the direct mail campaigns is they send all this stuff out and then they get all this return mail and then it just sits in a pile somewhere. Yeah. And because, you know, like I don't have time to research that. Well, think about all the people that say that, you know, and now that, that potential lead is just sitting there. You spent money to get that lead. So why is it sitting on an envelope on your desk somewhere? True. Take the extra steps to skip trace research, find the right address and remail that letter again 
because I guarantee most people aren't taking that next step because they're too busy or too lazy to do it. True. You know, and so if you've got a pile, like we would send out stuff and then we get a pile like that big, yeah. you know, return letters, you know, to research. Yep. But we did it, you know, and it's like, they're not going to know, they're not going to, you know, if they're not getting your mail, they're never going to know that, that yeah. you're not. So just remember, squeeze all the juice out of all those leads that you're getting. Okay. Um, and then build out your sequences. Mm -hmm. And then as far as like buying lists or anything, cause you said you were getting lists for free, right? Yeah. So try um, list source is a really good place to buy lists. And um, it's not, not super expensive and maybe just, um, you know, pull, it, it's kind of cool because you can set, you can go through like and filter out a lot of different criteria on those lists. And so I think that could help too, is maybe just buying a list from somewhere else. Cause I'm not sure, it could be the quality of the list that you're getting too, especially if they're free, might not be that great. You know, because you don't know, like if those properties have sold or not, you know, sometimes I've, I've heard a lot of that where people get lists and they're like, I don't know how's like some of these are sold already. Exactly. But so, I mean, with list source, because that's what I used to get the top 10 zip codes, but I've never used it for a list itself. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I see so many people with like, they come up with all these different varieties of lists, like the divorce or arrest records like there's a a variety of different lists to pull and so that's why I'm like well if I'm going to pay for it like what are the most you know successful lists or the list that would be you know more potential to be successful with if you're paying for it if mm -hmm. I'm stacking those with you know the the motivating list that I already have the absentee the code violation and the tax delinquent what else could I possibly throw in there to increase my chances of getting you know, generating deals from those lists. Yeah. I mean, there could be, it, it, that's so variable too, right? Because I mean, you could pull like, you could pull divorce in there too and just see what that looks like. And list source has that. Okay. I th think they do. They have, there's so many lists that you can pull in there and you can change all the equity amounts and stuff too. So you can put however much equity you can put however much, um, um, God, there's like a lot of criteria in there a lot. So maybe just pick like two to start and just pick them for certain areas and just start small and see how those perform. And then if they seem to be performing, then like adding on to that maybe. And you can do it by zip code, right? Like I the list? Yeah, I haven't pulled one from there in a little while, but um, I, you might be able to. Okay. I'll get on there. I don't have the exact answer. I haven't been in it in a little bit, so I don't remember. Okay. But I know there's a lot of lists and a lot of different criteria. And just, you know, spend some time thinking about who you want to hit and then think about, like, what lists are they most likely to be on, you know, or what seems to be, um, like, pick two, mo like, really motivated type situations and then throw them in with the other, like, the equity and and stuff like that and see how that works. Okay. It's kind of just a trial and error thing. Like there's no, you know, mm -hmm. like 
Oh, there's no silver bullet. <laughs> oh, there really isn't. And, and it goes back to, again, though, just like, what's your message? Are you being consistent? And then just the variable factor is like the motivators, you know, the list that you're pulling, like that's, that's the variable. That's the thing you can always change, mm -hmm. you know, but if you're hitting them with the right message and you're hitting them consistently, it will yield results. It just, sometimes it takes longer. And especially with direct mail, that's why I, I don't think you should give up on the SMS or even maybe the cold calling. Um, but be very specific about how you're doing it. Okay. You know, I wouldn't like cold call, you know, thousands of people that are not motivated. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you're probably right. Maybe I'm one drop away. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just need, yeah. Yeah. You just don't know, but you got to give it enough time to see first too. like three drops. Isn't going to be enough to tell you if something's working or not. Like I literally just finished a campaign that was, it was a six or seven week or six or seven um, campaign drop. Mm -hmm. And I got nothing like nothing. And so I went back and I read it, all my messaging, all my letters. Cause I thought my letters were good, but Thanks. I think, yeah, you think it's good. You know, you like it, but I'm like, you know, I, the only thing I can figure is it's gotta be what I'm saying to these people, you know? And so I don't think people spend it. They just want to send the same message out over and over and over again. And I think by changing up the messaging, it, it keeps it interesting, exactly. you know, and you don't know what's going to resonate with somebody. So just, you know, being mindful of that. Yeah, that's true. Just cause I like my message doesn't mean they do. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it, it's got to speak to them, not to you. So that's the thing to remember, like they're in a different situation than you're in, right. you know, so what can you, how can you talk to them in a way that's going to resonate with them? And so one of the ways that like, when you're going on appointments, talk to them about that too and get the feedback and like take notes. That's what um, I was having the people on my team do like anytime they talk to somebody, a seller, they're taking notes and they're putting them in the CRM because I want to know like, what are their pain points? What are they actually saying? And once you build up, you know, a good arsenal of that, those kind of direct quotes from people and that information, then you can start to put that into your messaging also. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've done letters where I've taken direct quotes from people, you know, and That's put it in the mail piece, you know, like, I'm so tired of dealing with my, you know, raggedy ass brother-in-law that won't leave the house, you know, like, you know, I don't know how to get them out. I don't want to deal with it, you know, like that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. you know, use it. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I would have fun writing that letter for sure. I know, right? It's kind of fun. It is. But yeah, so hopefully, um, that's helpful for you and I'm going to stay in touch with you and see, you know, how this stuff works out for you. And then we'll be reporting back and letting people know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get the book and I'm going to do all of that. It's funny that you mentioned the branding though. I, I knew at some point I would have to do it, but everyone always tells new people not to worry about business cards and logos. So I didn't. And so 
I just, I was, I never knew like, when is the right time for me to focus on that? You know, I know it doesn't take that much time, but it's like, I feel like coming up with a brand or a logo, like you do want to put some thought into it. Otherwise you're going to hate it. And six months down the road, you're going to be rebranding. And now people have to get re-familiar. So it's kind of like something that does require time to think about, you know, make sure you like it or whatever. And this is a good time for you to do it too, especially getting started, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you can definitely, I think you can kind of get by without a brand, but I'll tell you, like, as, as marketing has changed over the years, and this is something I'm just, I'm really fascinated by marketing. I like following it. I'm real interested in it. And I go to all these like social media things, you know, trainings and stuff like that. Cause I'm just, I want to know like what's going on. And that's always the last two years. The big thing is people want a story. You know, they want to be educated and entertained at the same time. Yeah. You know, and so telling a story is, is really big and branding is really big because, you know, everybody's online, everybody, you know, sharing experiences and reviews and things like that. And just having a brand gives people something to associate with you. Exactly. It does. It's important. There's just no way around it. <laughs> it is. It's just a familiar familiarity thing. I can't I can't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I'm it just, now. Yeah. It's just like people, you know, they become familiar with you. They see that and it's it's like a mind thing. You know, they see it over and over and over again and they begin to recognize it, you know, and as you build that brand and you build that trust and you know, you're getting testimonials, you're getting Google reviews, you're online, you know, that just, those are all things that lead into the, you know, they give you credibility and actually influence people to make decisions. True. You know, it's all psychological aside from a true motivating factor, but a lot of it is very psychological. It is, you know, and it's just, you know, it's hitting those pain points. It's letting them know that you're there to help and serve them because you are. Mm-hmm. You know, you're there to be a problem solver exactly, and, you know, talk about that with them, but For listen sure. to like, talk about them with that, but listen to what they're saying to you and take that in and just, you know, use it. Okay. I for sure will. Cool. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up, but I really appreciate having you on. And I think, um, I'm really excited to see. <laughs> this works out for you <laughs> I feel better I can say like I told you this timing was ridiculous because my little battery was getting closer to e and I was just like am I in the right career field did I choose the right thing like I'm having all these thoughts going you know I, I will overthink myself into the darkest hole in the world and I've called you before spazzing out <laughs> having my fits so I was about to be calling you again I'm sure so it, it, it's just confirmation though for me and I hope like you know for whoever is listening that can relate because I've talked to other people who are kind of in the same level as I am like still beginning you know little bit of knowledge not nearly enough and they echo the same sentiment so I know I'm not alone um, I know there's other people banging their head against the wall, but you know, we're not looking for handouts. It's just like, you're going this way, but you should go this way. And it's just simple confirmation. Like just keep being consistent. Don't give up. So, and that's very important. I I definitely needed to hear that, that alone. So. Well, I think you're doing a great job and I'm very proud of you. 
Thank I you. feel like she's just so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> and other <laughs> people. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's important to have those people in your corner too, you know, that encourage you and lift you up and just remind you that, you know, you're a badass. Like you can do this. Exactly. You know, you can do it. And you've already proven it. You've already done a couple of deals. So it's not like you can't, you're just in right. a little spot and, you know, you go to the dark place for a minute and then you shake it off and you come out and you just get back at it. Exactly. Yeah. The encouragement is so necessary. So I think this is a great idea what you're doing with this podcast and I'm excited to see what comes of it because it's awesome and it's very needed for sure. For sure. Thank you. Well, thanks again. And I will be talking to you again soon. Okay. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.